You're listening to the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, Bree. People can say my name and I still don't pay attention. Chris. This is what happens when your number one health concern in the state is porn. Jeremy. Flicks it and then walks out and just kicks the living crap out of whoever. And Julia. This week on Julia does everything that's embarrassing. That's okay if the clock's off by like four or five minutes, but it was like eight minutes. Eight minutes. Eight minutes. Minute. Do you want That's me to weird. reset the whole fucking thing? Takes I time. can't figure I it out, it. so. You just hold the set button for a while and it starts beeping. Right. We like having it forward a little bit for our guests. Yeah, so they think that they're done. Right. Then we can hold them hostage. Well, that, that way, like, if they're going to be here till seven, we can kick them out early if they suck. So. <laughs> uh, it's episode 287, almost 300 episodes. This is a big milestone. Yeah. <clears throat> um,. Of the New Utah Podcast, we keep trucking on, giving you new content every week, and the thanks that we get for it is a fucking clock that's five minutes fast. Yay. It's eight <clears throat> minutes fast. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, Julia's not with us today. She's uh, doing other shit. Um, more important than us. Work or something. <laughs> she has to work in St. George so that she can have Thanksgiving off to be with her family in St. George. Why is her dog laying next to her bed and not on it? She's like shoving her nose into the side of it, but she's not laying on it. She's weird. Because she's weird. You just answered your own question. I know. I know. It's been a day. It's been a day. I'm sorry. It has. I think for all of us. It's like a holiday weeks for me are hell just because everybody, I don't know what it is. I won't, I won't be there for a couple of days. Everybody freaks out. And like you're not going to fucking look at your shit on Thanksgiving. I was going to say, nobody, my favorite part about like Christmas, Thanksgiving, Memorial Day, Labor Day, those kinds of days that like offices have off, most of them have off. So when I come back, I don't have, like I have a few, but I don't have a lot of extra emails because nobody was working. That's my favorite thing. And this week was supposed to be slow, but it wasn't. <coughs> you know what would be really cool? What's that? If you could stop coughing. I Yeah. Oh, shit. COVID. Um, <laughs> what would be really cool is if... Uh, more stores took the method of Target and stopped fucking having the people work on days like Thanksgiving. Just close. Don't, I, and, and I know for grocery stores, like, Thanksgiving is, like, an obscene amount of money that they make. But also, just fucking close. Just let your people have the day off. Like, just just tell all your constituents, we're open until whatever time on Wednesday and Thursday, we're closed all day. Nothing is going... If the post office and the government can be closed those days. <clears throat> Nobody yeah. cares about the post office and the government, though. <laughs> I just wish those places would, would close. Now, in, in fairness, like, uh, I know Harmon's, for example, usually will close by, like, 2. And they're like, we're, we're done at 2. We're giving our, our people the rest of the day off. But, like, just close. Just don't be open. And, you know, people that forget shit can go to Walmart because they're <laughs> never going to fucking close. I don't know. <laughs> it's true. I just like be prepared. Like be prepared for Thanksgiving and have enough milk in the house. I don't know. <laughs> We've had to run to the grocery store. I try my best to not go to any stores on Thanksgiving because I really feel bad that anyone has to work. I think it, it's also my favorite holiday. Yep. <clears throat> Which I've talked about ad nauseum before. So we won't talk much about that. Um, this last week, though, uh, Bree took me on a date this weekend. Um, she uh, took me to go see Alton Brown's Beyond the Eats. That is so awesome. I didn't even realize he was in town. Yeah. So he's been here a few times. I think this, is, this is his third, third time. time. Oh, wow. 
Uh, and so it's just a, a kind of a one man show uh, that he put together and. He's a really fucking good storyteller. Um, so smart. Such an intelligent person. And so, and you know, it's a really cool experience. You know, there was a cooking demonstration that's very much in tune with the good eat style of doing shit. And he asked um, everybody not to take pictures and not to really talk about it on social media and stuff. Um, so that so the other people, like as he travels oh. are, can can be surprised and but stuff. I, so we're not going to really talk about well, it. Shit, but. I'm going to talk about it. This ain't <laughs> social media. It is to social media. Uh, it's only for people to listen to this. My guess is our audience, um, the 12 people who listen to this probably that are outside of the Salt Lake Valley area outside of Utah. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about it. You can talk about it. So, uh, the, 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 there was a bunch of stories. He talked a lot about like he has a, he has boxes of regrets and that's Rolodexes. how, that's how he, um, he kind of like keeps himself on the straight and narrow and like moving towards something better. And so he talked, he, he talked a lot about his childhood and stuff that he did. And like one of the things that he talked about is there used to be, I don't remember what, like great burger dog food or something. And it, it was <clears> a, it was a dog food that they had around like when we were very small that looked like hamburger. No, I, I don't even think it was around in the seventies. <laughs> but it was for, no, he said it was like in the seventies. No, six, fifties and sixties. I already said the seventies. But it looked like hamburger. Uh huh. But it, you fed it to your dog. It looked like a, uh, like a puck of dog food. And I, it was like, but it was like meat of some sort. Gaines Burger. Gaines Burger. That's Gaines what it was. Burger. Gaines Burger. And I've heard of it before, but uh, I, so I don't looked, think they make it anymore. Look like spam or yeah, it's like a puck of of red meat. Like here, I'll show you a picture. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you can He's see gonna. This. Chris is gonna now do something in podcasty oh. world and show Jeremy a picture. This is a commercial for it. So this is from 1981, so it must have still been around for a while. Thank you. <clears throat> but it looked like a like a hamburger puck. I like it when you tell me that I don't remember things that I remember. <laughs> you don't. You don't. It was in the 50s. Anyway, and 60s, he liked to eat it. He yeah, liked he, it when he was like five. He's like, I thought it tasted good. It was I I I liked it. So he was telling a story about how he made. He hamburgers. used to trade the dog his food for the, for the dog's food. Yeah, which also plays into a later story because there was no chocolate allowed in the house because he liked to trade the dog for his dog food. So he gave the dog chocolate. He's oh yeah, the dog had be been bad. to the vet three times. Then <laughs> the mom finally <laughs> said no more chocolate. Um, but he uh he made hamburgers for his parents and him. <laughs> like he, he's like, I got the buns and put the lettuce and the tomato. And he's like, I, he's like, I served it. Uh, and my dad was eating it. He's like, I was eating it because I loved it because I liked the Gaines burgers. He's and like, the dad was like, this is pretty decent and looks over and the mom's just staring, staring at it. At and the it. dad's like, what's wrong? And she's like, we have no ground. We beef didn't have any house. ground meat in the house. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, then I could tell my dad was putting it together and he looked at the dog. And, he and then he's food. like, and that's when I knew how much my dad loved me because that man swallowed yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome uh so yeah so but stories the like way that, that he yeah. tells it though like we did a really fast you know condensed right. but the way that he does it is it, he does a really good job of leading up to it leading you to it you kind of can Let's tell what's gonna happen going. but at the same time like he has the little the little thing the little tag at the end that you don't know which is he swallowed you know or yeah. whatever so a really good storyteller and then the, the second act 
Um, he, uh, he's a big fry guy. I don't know, you know, if you've ever seen his stuff, like he loves frying food. Yeah. We've watched um, all of his shows, even the reboots. Yeah. And he's, and he said that, uh, he talked about the lasagna, the like the crock, crock pot, pot lasagna, lasagna that he rebooted. Uh, he's like, it's the most hated recipe on Food Network. I think he said 78 one star reviews. <laughs> and he was reading through a few. <laughs> uh, they did like, uh, oh, they did a little game show thing. Uh, which was like a game show he dreamed up uh, when he was a kid, uh, and it had to do with some quiz contest that also existed in the like last a real year and one. A half. So he did like a Twitter. I think it was like a Twitter contest where you answered questions and they they rotated. And so these people that like he he had participating in the quiz out of the audience were people that took the quiz. So he had their names and knew who was in the audience. And called that, it, well, he didn't know who was like there were two. There was a matinee and an evening show. So he just called out names and only two of them. So he just let some random guy come up. And this, one of the, one of the three that was up there. So there were like, there was a second thing where they, there were different competitions they had to do that weren't quiz related. Uh, and one of them was smelling spices and then matching the smelled spice with the, the, the actual name, name of the spice. Of what the spice but was. you couldn't see what it was. All you could do was open It was open wrapped the in cheesecloth. So there, you couldn't like look at a color or texture or anything. Open the tin, smell it, arrange it. The guy got, I think there were eight. The guy got all eight. And I think there were ten. He said that's the first time anyone's gotten he all of them. He said even he didn't the first wow. time. So he said we've got to recolor these because <laughs> I don't want anybody to, you know, all the colors and match the colors and uh and then the second but act. That guy ended up winning first place, which I'm glad because the girl that that got up there, she was a little bit pompous and she really messed up her her second run. It was kind of funny. Um. So then the. Uh, the second act, um, more more stories and stuff, but a lot of talk about you know frying and uh, chicken wings uh, and making fun of air fryers. <clears throat> yeah, he he really doesn't like air fryers. He's like, because it's not frying. And he's like, it's not really an oven. And he was talking about the technology. <laughs> he's like, so I don't get it. And he's like, then I went to make wings, and you could put in six wings. He's like, who has six wings? <laughs> he's like, and then they came out and they weren't great, and I just put them in the oven to finish them off, which is what I should have done in the first place. Um, but he made, he's like, I want to make air fryers work. I want to know what it takes. So he made a gigantic <laughs> air fryer. So basically, like, huge. Two 50 gallon, uh, still, no, it was, uh, big stock pots. <clears throat> so like giant stock pots with, uh, some steamer baskets inside that they had cut and riveted. They riveted the two stock pots together. It looked and- like, um, one of those barrel, um, barbecuers oh yeah 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 but it was so but it was like big, giant big rotary on it and then the heat the source wheel that turned it was like a, a ship wheel. uh-huh it was like spoked <laughs> and then the heat source was heat guns heat guns, <laughs> heat guns like you use in construction and, stuff. and it was totally manual like somebody had to stand there the they walk whole time around and press and, the, the button and, and, and walk around it yeah and then stand there and turn it and every minute you had to switch the way that you turned it and there were four different compartments that they measured and he made what 25 pounds of chicken wings 15 15 pounds seven of and a half wings. in each yeah 15 pounds of chicken thing. wings and then they talked a lot about like the sauces like all the different hot sauces that are around he, so he had this wheel that had like Mild, medium, and really hot sauces based on, um, different sauces that are popular. But, what is it? Scoville scale. Scoville scale. So like this one had from span to span and then the next one had, you know, and I can't remember what they were, but he called this, he had a audience member come up and 
spin and that's how they made the chose sauce. the sauces that go into it so he, he he chose a base and then i think that they were all pre-measured because the guy was like goofing around and like pouring more or less and it would have like messed things up so i think they were all measured for how much alton felt right of that particular thing would go into a sauce but so anyway for brie not wanting to talk about it she just <laughs> said, so but the chicken wings smelled really good and then afterwards because we, we kind of planned this we were gonna have dinner after because it was a matinee performance he actually gave the chicken wings to the lady who helped we uh we went to pretty bird oh nice uh and we went to the new location the newer location i guess uh it was so busy uh but it was fast um and it's a lot bigger uh, and they definitely replicated well. It's well, the last time we went, they had just opened. So I, their speed, I'm sure they improved. Well, also, the place at the Eccles is really small. The, and this place is a lot that, bigger, and they can get a really good line it's, it's going. It's on 7th East and 21st South. There's four iPads that you order on. They have a giant, like, kitchen where they're actually, you know, because you remember the other place is really yeah, small. It's tiny. This place is huge. Um, there's a big ton of space in the back so you can see all the people making the food. Funny thing is it's probably costed less to do that one than it oh, did I guarantee to the it did, yeah. one. There's a bunch of similarities, though, in, like, the decor. Like, the, the countertops are the same. Oh, it's the chairs are the same. Some of the tiles the same. I, he 100% replicated the Well, not 100%. There's a few differences, but the, like the ma- like it feels like a pretty bird. It just feels way cool. bigger. It feels like their first pretty bird. Not a pretty bird. Pretty bird has a dead it's a little parakeet. <laughs> <and some laughs> cut off. Anyway, so we got, we each got our sandwiches and we came back here and it was just as delicious as I remembered it. It was crispy and tasty and yummy and spicy and sweet and juicy. And oh, it's been so long since I've had one. They're so good. And they've got they've expanded their menu a little bit, but it's still really basic. They so have like now a, they have, they have chicken tenders and they have a tender sandwich that's made in like a split top roll. Uh, and the tenders are out of breast meat because all the sandwiches obviously are thighs, right? <clears throat> so uh, yeah, so that was fun. Uh, what did you do this last week? So we went to uh, the Harriman Holiday Market. It was actually a lot of fun. It was cold. Like, the temperature dropped to nothing, and then it rained. But it was in the pavilion. So, so I mean, it was, I say inside. It had a roof over it. Um, but it was a lot of fun. We, had a, we, we ran into quite a few people. There was a lot of vendors, like a bunch of food trucks were there. And then, um, I don't know if you if you pay attention to our Instagrams, but... Jonathan and I were sitting by the food trucks waiting for his pizza, and we could hear the jingling, jingling, and Jonathan's like, I think it's Santa Claus. So I pull open my phone, and sure enough, Santa Claus walks by, and I don't know if Julia edited it out, but it, but in the background, you can hear J- Jonathan yelling at the top of his lungs, that's Santa Claus, I know him, and everybody started laughing, and even the Santa Claus turned and waved at us because he yelled it so loud. Anyway, it was a lot of fun, and then Julia did her uh, vending and we got some dog treats for all the doggos, and it was a good time. Um, I realized talking about it now when it is over, but it's definitely something that is worth going to, and when they do it again next year, that's the kind of place to go get Christmas ornaments and all kinds of stuff, but to support local. It's not one of those that has all of the handmade Native American jewelry made in China. It wasn't like that. It was all yeah. Like it was all local produced. Local. Oh, I was up at the U today, and um, there was like a, there was a, a, oh my gosh, there was a vendor there that was selling um, native jewelry and stuff like that, and he was very clearly native. And anyway, his stuff was really, really pretty. But we had to get back to the car before it got towed. So yeah. So 
it was cool and that there's more of those things now through Christmas. Go support that stuff. Yeah, it's so as we this is the the week of Thanksgiving, so obviously like Black Friday is always a big deal for a lot of people. Uh, but what comes after Black Friday is Shop Local Saturday. And, and really that is, you know, because stores still have sales throughout the weekend, but they're not the same thing. And the mall's jam-packed full of shitheads. Um, but what you should really do on Saturday is drive around to local merchants and buy stuff from them for Christmas, whether that's, you know, I, I, Oleo is, a perennial favorite of ours. We, we absolutely love those guys. Go visit them at their market on Saturday. They're not quite into their new space yet, but they have that market is fucking bustling. There it are is. a ton of vendors there now. It, it is. is the, the whole parking lot's full. And, and um, Julie actually applied to be in the store. I know they got a lot of people that applied, so she'll have to see what happens. But, but that's the whole idea is it's supposed to be the hive, the neighborhood hive. It's a whole market. So right now, the majority of the people on their Saturday markets are the people and or at least the kinds of people that they're going to have in their space when they open. But I know they're getting close. But, yeah, they'll be open this weekend. Basically, they're, they're, they said they're going to be open until their space opens. So, yeah, unless, they're, they're going to keep going unless the weather is so horrible. They'll be out there. So go visit them. Plus, they want a best of for their tattoo oil. Yeah. And and there's plenty of other local vendors. I mean, there's you know, uh, Blue Boutique is a great local vendor. Uh, Doctor John's. Um, <laughs> what's the one up in Ogden? There's the Dirty the, Joe Punkster. Black, or something. No, Velvet. Something. Black Velvet. Is it Black Velvet? Yeah, Black Velvet. Dirty Joe's is like down in Utah County. They have a, a porn shop down there. Too. Yeah, it's called a Dirty Joe. Punkster adult lingerie and novelty like shop. What made you get to that stuff? It's local. I don't, I don't know. It's local. I was thinking of Blue Boutique because they're kind of over by where Oleo and the neighborhood Hive are. Um, I'm just trying to think of other local places. Uh, Plenty of local like food, pastries. Yeah. So, and I'm talking, and you can like local restaurants, you can do gift cards for people. Um, I would encourage you while you're out and about shopping Friday and Saturday to go eat at local restaurants. Pretty Bird's open. Um, you know, there's tons. Yeah. They have much better hours now that he's. Eleven got to nine. it better, and so you you don't have the limited. And I think he's figured out like the supply stuff, and he's got enough clientele now that he doesn't have to worry about having to throw product away. I'm guessing. And so I'm obviously, he's staffed because yes. oh yeah, when we first were with them, he had like two or three people. Was it? And they were like dying for help. But I'm sure he's yeah. yeah. They're, they're they're I think they're doing okay. Um, but yeah, go eat at local places. You know, go to Ruby Snap and get some cookies. Um. When you're thinking of shopping local for people like like Bree and I, we have some friends that we always buy booze for. Every year we buy a bottle of booze or a couple of bottles of booze. Think about buying local booze, like whether you go to the distillery or I'm the one brewery, of those friends some years. Yeah, or you or you go to the liquor store, try to buy locally produced stuff. It makes it a well, little bit more special. So Salt Flats just released their spirits. Uh just as an example. I haven't tried any of them yet, but I've seen them posting that their actual spirits are available now. So something like that. Get something different, something unique. Don't don't buy Yeah. Yeah, and if you're and if you're looking for ideas, go to cityweekly.net. Their best of edition just came out online. Yep, and will be. I don't know if it's in print yet, and maybe that's why we haven't been able to find it. As Possibly? I think it came, maybe it came out online first. But the the twenty twenty one best of is out and available. Um and that's actually a really good spot to go if you want to look at local restaurants or local vendors, local artisans. 
Uh, that's a really cool way to, we'll, to find. We'll them. be stealing from that very shortly, so stay tuned. Yeah, you'll you'll see us start to to put some of that into our episodes. Plagiarize it. However, we have talked to the people there, the editors, and they are all happy that we do it. So we have their blessing, or at least we have. They awarded us for doing it. Yeah, so. well, it's true. Two years in a row. Even though Julia thought they were fake. <laughs> I thought we printed them on our own printer. Uh, but definitely go check that stuff out. And then My printer doesn't print at the edge like that, so. Yeah, yeah that's a professional job. <laughs> uh, you want to tell us about your debris? Because you put it on here, so I well, think you I want just, to tell us how shitty it was. It, I just did, because it sounds like we kind of all did. Chris doesn't want to really talk about how shitty his day was, but it was like, I got up, I thought that things were going to be slow. Hey, we're leading up to a holiday. Everything will be fine. And then my Christmas cards came and they weren't mine. They are amazing though. It is like, <laughs> so I, and then I get off the phone from getting that fixed and my daughter calls and her stupid car is all messed up again. And Chris is in Draper for meetings and has to, has to like be there at two. So he has a very short window of time. She's used all of her toes on AAA. So she can't get it towed. Four toes this year. So, that's why we do it though because you know how much that costs oh yeah uh, like less than 100 bucks for her membership because of how many oh it's way there. less than 100 bucks Cause, because cause I, do the whole fam- I do the whole family I do our whole family uh, there's five of us on, on the AAA membership uh, and so it's probably closer to 50 bucks four toes for 50 bucks like you can't, yeah, can't fucking get yeah. that anywhere yeah at least 100 bucks at least 100 bucks to uh-huh. get towed uh-huh. at least like, so 100% worth it yeah uh, we've all used it at various times so anyway so I messaged my, I, everything's slow, just like I expected though. So the Zazzle thing happened, but I was like, okay, this is cool. I, I look, I have like two emails. I'm coasting along in my activities. I'm like, okay, I have time. So I tell Chris, nope, I got this. I was going to go into the office tomorrow because we've got charity thing and I needed to drop off some money for that. I'm like, I'll just do it all today. Not a big deal. Cause she goes to the U and my office is downtown. So, um, I head up there to get her and I'm like, oh, I should just have her call the tow truck and say she's me this time. Use my, because I'll be there by the time we get there. So that kind of all works out. But we get to the office and I'm like, crap, where's my wallet? I must have left it on my desk when I was putting the cash in it. So I write him a check. Not a big deal. Uber comes and picks me up so she can take my car to work and she finds my wallet in the car. So my wallet's in the car. (laughs) And then... Um, I get back and I have two clients that need quotes on buildings tomorrow. One of them possibly closing. And today is the first that I've heard of it. <laughs> so I worked literally until Jeremy got here and Chris was making a meal and Jeremy had to watch us hurry and eat our meal because of your air fryer sh- chicken. We yep. won't tell. We won't tell Alton. Mm-hmm. Well, it was technically pretty bird chicken that we were warming up and it was actually fairly tasty, but it just like the day just did not go as smoothly as expected. And then Jeff is gone tomorrow. So it's, it's all on me to get that shit done. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it sounds like leading up to Thanksgiving, none of us had a, had, we all had horrible, terrible, no good, very bad days. Yeah, it was rough. <clears throat> That's okay though. One more day. Do you want to talk a little Thanksgiving, or do we want to just jump right into... I mean, I started my preparations for my turkey on Monday yesterday. Yesterday, so, Monday. So the only reason why I bring it up is go back to the past... Well, this is our fifth year, so the past four Thanksgiving episodes, you'll see how much we all enjoy Thanksgiving. So let's just do a brief rundown of what we're doing for the holiday, and then we can move on to our Dugway rabbit hole. So we're heading down to St. George. Um, 
So Heather's been prepping for the last couple of days. I mean, there's only so many things you can make this far in advance, but like she makes her stuffing by hand. So she's been drying bread for. Uh, does she make the bread that she dries or does she just buy loaves at the store? It depends. Sometimes she's done both. Um, this year's a combination because that pizza thing that we did, she saved the dough for that. Oh, that's a good idea. So she had used some of that, but the way it turned out, there's going to be a lot more people. So she had to subsidize. But what she'll do is she'll get like, she won't just get the pre broken up bread. She'll get like the focaccia rolls and things like that yeah. to break up. So anyway, so that's prepped. So she'll dry it out for a couple of days and then stick it in the freezer. She's she's way more of a kind of cry. Like there's a lot of stuff I do from scratch stuffing. I've done like dried bread. You have to let it dry for so fucking Days. long to do something with and it. And you don't have animals that jump on your counters. We no. do. Yeah. So yeah. So you got it. It's got it. She's got it out, and she'll depending on whatever. Sometimes she'll just set it in the oven. Uh, sometimes she'll put it out in the smoker, not turn it on, but put it out in the smoker because mm-hmm. it heats up. But yeah, we've so we've got bread on cookie sheets out for days and days. Jeremy's got bread all over his desk. It's really weird. It's everywhere. So yeah, so she's been doing that prep. Um, I think tonight, because we're heading up tomorrow morning, tonight she was working on stuff. Uh, but then I think the plan is tomorrow evening, which is the night before Thanksgiving, she'll go over to her mom's house and do the cooking stuff that she needs to do. But there's only so much, like I said, there's only so much you can do. There's really only so much you can do, yeah. So you got the brine going. I smelt that when I came yeah, over. So I, my turkey prep. So our Thanksgiving's gonna be small. It's me, Bree, four people, Sean, and Dawn's gonna come over. Uh, and that's it. No, nope, your mom's not <clears throat> going over. She's going she's skydiving. Going to, she's in Arizona. She's skydiving. She, uh, she's always wanted to skydive since the last never four months said or a something. word about it to Bree. That's her true. She life. did at the wedding. She was talking about it. So I've always wanted to skydive and I've talked about it forever and ever and ever. And suddenly my mom's like, I've always wanted to skydive. Maybe like, she confused your memories. With probably. Memories. She's never once said anything about skydiving. In fact, my mom is time. terrified of everything. So yeah, she's not, she's going to shit herself. Hopefully she shits on top of the <laughs> Was it when she was wasted at the wedding? No. Is that when oh that my all... God. No. Anyway. That's 100% your fault. You know that right, <laughs> motherfucker. There's Some a reason I yelled at you. it was Josh's fault. No. No. No, your mom asked me yeah. to make her a drink and I'm like... Jeremy was back to his old ways. For those of you that don't know, <laughs> in our friend group, Jeremy uh, has a history of getting people extraordinarily drunk. Now, I'm not going to, you know, those people don't get like just a, a write-off for, for being that drunk, but Jeremy likes to encourage things by, you know, giving people multiple shots in Or uh, just having a drink window. ready when they're talking and putting it in their hand yeah, or, or something. Or uh, that's being a good host. Making a very, very strong drink <laughs> five minutes after they got their last drink. Meaning people are just slamming drinks and not being aware of that, or if he is aware, not caring. So anyway, Jeremy has a long history of getting people <laughs> over the top drunk that don't normally get over the top drunk. That includes Bree's mother, apparently the uh, <laughs> the the night uh, the night before our wedding in Hawaii. The rehearsal, well, quote unquote quote, quote. rehearsal dinner. And Sean got really drunk too, and I don't know if that was your fault as well. But no, that was uh, Ty or not Ty, uh, Josh. No, Nate. 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 Yeah. Nate was making really crappy drinks, but but her and Nate are doing this. This is horrible. You should taste it. This is horrible. You should taste it. <laughs> so yeah, Sean and uh, and uh, Nana were well, both. Well, and drunk. I I 
I was pretty drunk. Yep. I was not like. There was one point in the night where you yelled my name. Jeremy, you've got my whole family drunk. Yeah, basically. Because you did. <laughs> Except me. I didn't get drunk. Well, and Cassie no. didn't either. Cassie so. didn't either. I was drinking because my my mom stressed me out. I was fine right up until my mom got there. And then yeah, I was like. I was fine until I had to figure out how to make sure your mom could get up the stairs into her condo. Thank God for Mark and Brandy. So while we were there, um, the complex that my mom was staying in, it was the same complex that many of our friends were staying yeah, in. Yeah, Mark and Brandy and. Uh, John and Jody yeah. and you guys were staying there. So. Or right next to it. Yeah. yeah. Very, Those three were all like in the same. But it was it was but, funny yeah. because um, Sean got very very protective of my mom, and I couldn't help her down the stairs, and Chris was helping me down the stairs. So Nate actually helped my mom get down the stairs, and then Sean wouldn't let, like. I don't know. She she was worried about her getting in, and she, and I. She was drunk and being so. Stupid. She got in the car, and then she like. Con- convince Nate to get in the car and so luckily like I was drunk but I was like aware enough that I I was like everybody was like we've got to get her out of the car and, and Chris was mad and I was like she is only going to at this point she's only going to listen to me like she's too far down the, the rabbit Your hole mom? no Sean, Sean. Oh. <laughs> so I had to go to the car and I had to say Sean get out of the car get out of the car it's okay I've got it handled I trust the people <laughs> she's gonna be fine and then poor Mark hauled my mom up got her into a chair yeah he he actually became kind of the old people corraler um after Sean corralled well, them. we all started calling the golden girls and so yeah. yeah he was the golden girls just for one more day just just to get him to the wedding yeah, they they followed him. All in all, though, I thought it went well. Anyway, we've totally digressed. Yes, yeah, we, we digressed. So she I, won't be at Thanksgiving. No, no, she's <laughs> so, gonna be skydiving. So I uh, I made the brine last night, and it's a it's a three day process for the turkey. So tonight, when we're done here, I'm gonna go put the brine, the turkey in the brine. The brine, the turkey's been thawing out of the fridge, and all you dipshits that don't get your turkeys long enough to thaw them out properly. Man, you're idiots. And you're going to pay like three times as much to get a thawed turkey, which is just the frozen turkey that the fucking grocery store left in the refrigerator. Yeah, they just they just turned down the freezer yeah. and just turned it to refrigerator. But you're going to pay a lot more. You know how much I paid for my, my bird? 11 bucks nice. for like a 14-ish, 15-ish pound bird. And that's perfect. Turkey. Yeah, and then we have another one that we paid basically the same for. We got ours too. probably, I want to say at least Three, four weeks ago, and same thing. We probably paid about the same. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get it that that far out, and I got it. I went and bought. We went and bought another one yesterday because that price is just amazing, and just threw it in the freezer for for another day. So anyway, so it'll go in the brine tonight. Uh, it'll sit all the way through to tomorrow evening, where I'll take it out of the brine, wash it, and then throw it in the fridge, completely untouched, uncovered, so the bacteria can grow and get into all my other food. Uh, <laughs> no, really, it's so the skin will dry uh, because. So especially when you're smoking, if you want the skin to turn out right, you have to let the outside of the turkey really dry. And the fridge is a perfect environment because, one, it's cold, which really inhibits the bacterial growth and spread. But, two, there's a lot of airflow inside the fridge. Like, it's pushing air around, which actually helps quite a bit dry the turkey out without exposing it to other stuff. So um, that will happen Wednesday night. And then Thursday morning, when I get up, I'll get up, get the turkey out of the fridge, Inject it with a whole bunch of shit, um, butter, chicken stock, uh, Louisiana-style hot sauce. Parsley, sage, rosemary, uh, No, I don't inject thyme. that. <laughs> nope, that doesn't get injected. It would fuck up the injector. 
I've tried, and big chunks of stuff are not good for injectors. Uh, but and then like Cajun seasoning uh, and some garlic powder. He's got a really fancy injector too. I do. Uh, I've seen it. It's awesome. It's it so like comes right scary. out of a horror movie. It's like it's the. Great. It's, it's like, like the nostalgic, like big old. It's a gun. No, no, no. You haven't seen a new one, have you? The gun. Oh yeah, I've seen the gun. I've so I have. Gun. I have a. I have a gun that has a hose that goes into my injection marinade, and you just pull the trigger. You shove it in. You pull the trigger, and it goes. And then you can pull it out and you shove it in and pull it. It's awesome. It makes injecting so much faster. Uh, so I'll inject the turkey, then I'll season it up, uh, and I'll shove a bunch of fruit and uh, onions and celery and apples and oranges. And I remember back in the day when I was a kid, butt. my mom would actually make the stuffing. So that's where stuffing gets the name. So right, really, if you don't stuff it, it's dressing. It's dressing. Yeah. But I remember as a kid, that's what, I mean, that's what everybody did. And that's a bad idea. And that's, it would come out gray. Well, and the, the problem is when you do Your that. Your mom is the, a great cook. The stuffing does not get cooked at a hot enough, temp, to a hot enough temperature to kill the bacteria. Yeah, so it's just and That's like, how you end up with like salmonella spread. Yeah. Uh, I never liked it. I, I it would come out like this gray color. I wouldn't eat it. It just oh. so I'm like, let's just have a casual small dinner. But we're now having mashed potatoes and candied yams. You doing pies, Bree? Corn. She's gonna do some pumpkin pie. I'm only yeah. Chris has convinced me to just do a one pie, and then I'll probably do one pie at Christmas too. So because uh, at Christmas there won't be really any more people. I, maybe my mom and stupid, but I salad rolls. One of these days we need so, to do Friendsgiving. So Wednesday. We're doing one Friday. Yeah. You're doing one Friday. The guys are. The gamers. Oh, nice. So f- Wednesday after Chris is done and he's got his the turkey and stuff in the fridge and he's kind of done with the kitchen and I get done with work whenever that might be, I will um, make the pies. Till two in the morning. Till whenever I'm done. It, it shouldn't take as long two since I'm just morning. doing the pie. It's just doing pumpkin pie like i just have to make the crust so it's not a It'll big deal in the morning. <laughs> and then um while the most of the stuff that he does has to do he does early in the morning and then he's got a big block of time where he doesn't do anything and then he's got a bunch of stuff that he has to do like yeah, right because you end. gotta you gotta everything comes together at the end so you're so busy. during that middle time is when i will make the rolls because like you can kind of you can cook the bits, the, the onions and the sausage and the apples and the celery that go in the stuffing, you can cook that up, mix it with the bread, but you don't want to put the liquid on the bread and bake it until just before you're ready to have it. Well, and and, and it helps because he starts to warm up the kitchen and so it helps my rolls to rise mm. and helps me. I, to get I still haven't been super duper. I start drinking whiskey at, you know, 839 in the morning. <laughs> no, you don't. Usually by noon, I've had a couple. And we then, both decided that we're going to drink this Thanksgiving. Yeah, so we'll probably get drunk, watch football, play Mario Kart, you know, things you do. Sweet. Okay. So uh, should we move on? Yeah, let's move on. So it is the last week of the month, uh, which is uh, historically significant Utah week this year. Uh, I think we have some really fun ideas for what we're going to change it for next year. But this year, that's what it is. And... um we decided for uh, the month of November uh, that we were going to do uh, an area that's um, shrouded in a lot of mystery, uh, I guess. Um, it's got uh, a whole bunch of weird shit that happens there. And uh, what? Apparently, Chris thinks that Dugway Proving Grounds is named after Douglas the Man instead of <laughs> dug through the ground. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's um, okay. 
But anyway, uh, it does it when he does the notes and stuff. Uh, so we're we're doing Dugway proving ground since Bree just you know the corrected <laughs> corrected my show notes, which no one can see, uh, and and made my whole beautiful setup just. Stop. <laughs> uh, so Dugway Proving Grounds is, uh, it's an area, um, outside of Tooele, basically, um, near the Salt Lake Valley. Um, and I did not realize how big it was. So I don't, it didn't start this big, to be fair. So it's about 85 miles away from Salt Lake City, uh, to the southwest. If you look on a map, it's actually pretty freaking close. <laughs> now, 85 miles is not very far, guys. Uh, <laughs> It didn't start huge, uh, but right now, as of today, it encompasses uh, over 800,000 acres, uh, which is really uh, like 1,250 square miles. Um, and perspective-wise, it's about as big as Rhode Island. And it's funny because it's, it's kind of referred to as Utah's Area 51, because if you go on maps... Like, you can't see it. It's there, but it's fuzzy. Yeah, there's you. You can't see everything that's there. So let's let's take a a, a, a step back into history to kind of get to get to set the scene. So, hundred years ago, um, really, actually, hundred years ago from about now, uh, we're involved in World War One, nineteen eighteen to be precise. So a little over hundred years ago. Uh, this is the first time that anybody has really experienced chemical warfare. Well, we, we can even go back further. So where Dugway's at now was a popular, like, crossing to get out west. True. So when westward expansion happened, um, going across basically what is now the salt flats was really dangerous because uh, there's no fresh water around. Uh, it's really treacherous. And so what they actually did was they would cut through uh, essentially Saratoga Springs, uh, mm-hmm. where that's at now, uh, and go through what is Dugway. now Dugway and use that as a path out west. It was a little bit safer. Uh, there was fresh water access and some other stuff. So uh, I let them kind of uh, go through safer mountain passes as well instead of having to go across the northern mountains, which are much higher. Um, so, yeah, and then we get involved yeah, in so World War One. We're involved in World War One, and for the first time, we see what people are capable of doing with chemical warfare. So the U.S., as is as is common with the U.S. with all uh, world wars, we come in at the end. <laughs> However, uh, the U.S. had never seen this level of chemical warfare before, so the U.S. casualties were pretty high from the chemical warfare. So upon uh, ending World War One, that is when. Uh, America, the armed forces decide we've got to jump into this and we need to start working on this, creating our own, um, figuring out how we can combat. So they create the first, um, army chemical corps is what it was called. And that was in Maryland, I do believe. So mm-hmm. they set up the first one in Maryland and that's where they start testing things. That's where they take what they had learned from World War One, start <coughs> to create our own. Chemical weapons. Chemical weapons, test chemicals. Uh, however, with the onset of World War II, they realized that that space wasn't going to do it. They really did not have room to start testing things in Maryland. Because there's too many people. Too many people, too heavily, heavily populated. So what was it, 1943? Uh, so in 41, 
Um, that's in 41 is when they yeah, decided 41. they needed something else. So this is right as we're going into World War One or World War Two. Yeah. Uh, and so at that point, it's called the Army Army U.S. Army Chemical Weapon Chemical Warfare Service CWS. Uh, and so they started looking at the West uh, because uh, you know the Western United States is very sparsely populated in a sense. So along the Eastern Seaboard. It's incredibly densely populated. You can throw a stone and hit right. the next town. But as you drive west, there's vast swaths of land, especially here in the desert, uh, where there's just no one. It's just big, open, right. unused land that the federal government owned. Uh, and um, they made a decision in 1942, I believe, yep, 42, uh, to open Dugway. The construction began for Dugway Proving Grounds. Yep, in the spring of 42 and then summer of 42, they st- it was completely up and running yeah and and honestly since then uh up until very recently uh most of the stuff that goes on in the dugway proving ground has been incredibly hard to understand and know because it's a military testing installation they test a lot of crazy shit right um and it's had some history and and, and do you have a whole timeline to go through oh we got all kinds of stuff to go through so so during World War II, during the actual World War II, some of the things that were developed, tested, and put into use at the Dugway Proving Grounds were flamethrowers, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, chemical spray systems, uh, firebombs, uh, let's see. Some biological warfare stuff. Um, right. And then they also tested very heavily. So uh, Japan was really getting into chemical warfare, so we were able to somehow smuggle some of their stuff over and they would brought it to Dugway to test it to figure out if there was a way to combat it and then ultimately take it and make there, it there was another thing they did during World War II that was really interesting um, you know the, because we were fighting a war on two fronts we were fighting in Europe against the Germans and in the Pacific against the Japanese and um, in Dugway in that area, they actually set up essentially a little uh, German village and a Japanese oh, yeah. village and built hamlets and like homes that were representative of the types of buildings and structures right. in towns in the respective countries. And the whole point of that, because the other thing that's right by Dugway that, uh, and it's not part of Dugway, but it's right next to Dugway is, uh, the, the U S air force uses that as a test range. Right. Still uh, to this day. Yeah. And, and, and Hill, Hill air force base flies stuff over Dugway and there is a, a, a test range for weapons and they blow shit up. In the Utah desert, right by right by Dugway, and so does Ellis, because Ellis in yeah, Nevada, Ellis, Ellis in Nevada comes is up not and flight time for a jet. I don't know; it can't be more than half an hour. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's so they close. they they do the the helicopters, the Apache wing that's that's over here at Airport Two. They do the same thing, um, so it's still used heavily for that. But I just thought that was interesting right. that they built those little villages to, to test. It says they built hamlets to test the firebombing of homes. <laughs> yep. So basically, they wanted to see how right how firebombing spread. So basically, the Indiana Jones where they drop the bomb and he gets in the freezer. That town. That's basically what they built. And there was actually three of them that were built during World War II that were totally annihilated with different things. But it was it was to see what the effect would be. Uh, how much was too much? How much was not enough? And what it would do. And in, at the end of October, or at the end of 1943 in October, um, 
the Dugway Proving Grounds actually started biological warfare facilities, uh, and uh, and that's when they started that testing range. And um, going down the rabbit hole uh, with Dugway, there's a whole underground s- space that you would never even knew existed. Because when you go out there, uh, even today, because I've got projects. There's not much there. No. When you drive by it, there's bunkers, there's some buildings. It doesn't look like They're much. very nondescript military buildings, essentially. It's underground. And so what what is very publicly uh, um, confirmed is Dugway also has a chemical weapons and biological weapons incinerator. Right. And so a lot of work that they do now is actually getting rid of chemical and biological weapons. They incinerate them in a quote-unquote safe way. <laughs> Yeah, but I think it's important to go through before we get it because I would really like to get into some of the like deep crazy shit that's gone on there supposedly. Right. Uh, but let's kind of get through some of the timeline because okay. at the end of World War II, um, it became inactive. Yeah, so 1946, uh, it became not completely inactive, but mostly. However, 1954, Korean War, they kick it right back into gear again. Uh, so it, it it never once has completely closed down, but yes, there have been periods of time where it was. And then yeah, and in 1958, actually during the Korean War in 58, they went okay. Where the the one that's out in Maryland, that's gone. We're gonna move everything over to Dugway. Yeah. So at that point, that that kind of sealed the deal for Dugway that made it permanent, like completely permanent. Yeah, because they closed down the one in Maryland and moved everything. So let's see. Late 50s. Did either of you look up why it's called Dugway? Yeah, and it's actually just because it's Doug. <laughs> it got its name uh, Dugway because it's basically just dug into an area. D-U-G. It's really that simple. Okay. It's not anything crazy. <laughs> They're like, hey, let's just dig into the ground here and let's call it Dugway. Like that, it has that, I'm not even joking. <laughs> that's that's the, the dumbest thing, but it's true. Uh, and and. It, and yet it, you still spelled it wrong. It is, shut up. <laughs> it is worth <laughs> it is worth noting. You know, the Korean War starts, and they fire this thing back up, and they start expanding it, and and then we're really in the heart of the Cold War at that point. Like the Korean War was the first actual like real incursion that occurred during what became the Cold War. And I don't think in you know in fifty four we really we really thought the same as we did in the 60s and 70s. But I think the Korean War was kind of what sparked that word. Right. Democracy versus communism. Well, and then it rolled into Vietnam, which was like just round two of the same thing. Well, and it's that, you know, that with the Cuban Missile Crisis and everything else. But the point is, during this time, the United States and Russia primarily are building up stockpiles of weapons of mass destruction. Nuclear warheads, chemical warheads, biological weapons. And some nasty stuff, too. And so Dugway becomes the home of all of this testing. That is the primary place that the United States is testing all of this shit. But it's all a military installation. The size of Rhode Island in the middle of fucking nowhere. And not just testing, but also creating, developing. Um, So, yeah, testing was part of it, but... But they had their mad scientists. Oh yeah, there. You 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 think about the crazy shit. We're like, oh, those fucking you know crazy people developing nuclear warheads. That shit went on at Dugway. Like yeah. I don't think the nuclear warheads did, but you know when you think about like VX nerve agent, that was a big deal. Uh, anthrax, you know, anthrax, mustard gas. Like those were all things. Those types of weapons. There's shit. I guarantee you that they developed on the biological and chemical side of the world. We have no idea. 
what it was, what it was called. It was never used, but they developed that shit. The whole, the whole Agent Orange thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, in, in Vietnam, that was 100% out of Dugway. Yep. DDT. Yeah. DDT is not the same thing, bud. Well, no, DDT and Agent Orange. Yes. DDT came out at the same time as yeah. Agent Orange. But yeah. And you know, that shit that gave all of our soldiers cancer and fucked them up and that was all Dugway. <laughs> um, in, in more, uh, so now in more recent time, uh, so that's, you know, the fifties, the sixties, the seventies. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Dugway is used for all of that stuff. As we get into the eighties and we still have some cold war shit happening in the eighties, uh, Dugway starts to transition a little bit because Dugway, the Utah desert, uh, especially the great salt lake desert where Dugway's at is this barren fucking wasteland. There's nothing. And so it's really good for desert warfare training and for ranger school. Uh, and so they do a whole bunch of like the desert ranger division for the army, uh, actually trains at Dugway. Uh, so I don't know if they still do towards, but. towards the end of my, my dad's military career. I know he was one of the ranger instructors cause he was a ranger, but he was one of the instructors out there at Dugway mm-hmm. uh, and they would do their war games and send you out in the desert for seven days with, I mean, it's ter- that sounds stereotypical, but it was true. They'd send you out there with your knife, and that's it. Figure it out. Seven days. Yeah, and I think that's all gone now. I think that's gone back to Texas. Um, but there's been other stuff that has happened there. So NASA uh, uses oh, yeah. uses that area for a lot of its tests because it's the most like uh, environments like Mars and the moon that are just... So, that's why we have the Mars um, test facility. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the Mars... Rover, they pre-tested it here, and then when it got stuck, they recreated as close as they could the situation out in, in, the, desert in the desert here to, to see it. if they could figure out how to fix it. Yeah, and they even used uh, Dugway as a place to land a spacecraft. So the Genesis back in 04 uh, was coming back into Earth, but it basically, how the fuck this happens uh, is still beyond me. But it's, uh, I think it was all... Uh, its altimeter was like upside down. And so uh, it wasn't able to, or maybe it was an accelerometer. So it wasn't working correctly. So they ended up deciding instead of landing it or like retrieving it in flight as it was coming down in the atmosphere, they had to land it in Dugway. And part of why they chose Dugway is the ground there is essentially really, really soft. It's soft, powdery dirt. Uh, and then let's see what else. Uh, and there's 800,000 acres of nothing. Yeah, there's nothing there. Like it's not going to run into anyone. Um, you know, so they've done a bunch of things like that over the years. They did have the, the nerve uh, agent scare in 2011. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. So they, they, <laughs> Dugway went on complete lockdown back in 2011. Uh, and it's because they, so this is a military installation. Uh, and unlike Wuhan, China, they have really strict controls <laughs> over... They keep uh, track of everything. <laughs> everything that comes in and goes out of this facility. And so, especially things like VX Nerve Agent, which in uh, January of 2011, they were missing a vial. Not a lot, just a small vial. But because of that, they completely locked the facility down. Anyone in and out. That was Everybody there in? Stayed. Anyone that was not in, didn't come in. in. Uh, and they eventually found it. It was just mislabeled. But, uh, you know, that's the kind of security that they have. Of course, they also have uh, managed to, in more recent years, 2015, uh, mail anthrax spores <laughs> around the country <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> but they still did it. 
Um, so they so. were supposed to mail anthrax, just not live anthrax. Yeah, and they they mailed live anthrax uh, to a whole bunch of labs around the country. That was uh, that was interesting. So they also built um, those radio ta- those little uh, radio towers from here to actually Vegas that that aren't used anymore. They were built in the late sixties, early seventies, um, as a if if the Ruskies attack and take down all forms of communication. It was we a have these short, this shortwave radio. So stuff, yeah. you can actually, when you go out there, you can see under these little white domes and you actually see them on the way to Vegas. If you're paying attention, just kind of out in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. these little white igloo domey looking things with the tower, but that's what those are. And they started in Dugway and went all the way to Ellis. So that way they could communicate between Hill and Ellis, basically shortwave. So I don't know how far apart they are. Every couple of, 10 miles, 20 miles, yeah. something like that. Yeah, and it's so anyway, so that's that's kind of the history of Dugway. It's still open, it's still active. Like I said, most of what they do now, at least visibly, and I'm sure they do a lot more is chemical weapons incineration, and so every once in a while there's some incident. Um but now I, I think it's worth us getting into like some of the some of the crazy stuff. So why we should start first, I think, with probably the most Famous thing that happened at Dugway or, or near Dugway, which is the sheep incident. The sheep incident. Um, <laughs> that's referred to sometimes as the sheep kill incident. Um, most people know about it. Um, uh, mo- most people know about the sheep kill incident. It's it's pretty common Utah folklore. It's real. We've talked about it before. Yeah, it's real. It happened. <laughs> it happened in uh, March of 1968. Uh, so I guess we should back up ever so slightly. All around the area... Uh, there used to be, there probably still is, but there used to be huge. It's all, it's all public land. So sheep like galore. And I know cattle, so they graze their sheep, their sheep cattle, cattle out in those areas. So, uh, oh, over 6,000 sheep die. Like unexplainably. No, 3,800. 3,800? Yeah, 3,843 sheep that died. Uh, they're, and they're about 30 miles away from Dugway. So, Dugway's 85 miles from the southwest end of Salt Lake, and uh, these sheep were 30 miles from Dugway, so not super far away from a major population center, just throwing that out there. Um, but all these sheep just suddenly die. And others that don't die end up severely crippled and have to get shot because right. they're... Well, so there we go. That's where our total of 6,000 comes from is because uh, the doctor, the vets go out and they're not uh, responding to medication, and they're so bad that yeah, they that they'd have to put them over two thousand of them were put down like in the field. Yeah, so so they kill and and out of that, I can't remember what the total was, um, but essentially they paid them you know two or three times what the sheep were worth on the open market uh, to basically just go away. <laughs> like. Go like, get you some new sheep and yeah. some new shoes and, and uh, buy a new house. Yeah, and probably you want to move because uh, we don't know. But the speculation is, and this has never been officially admitted, so the U.S. military, the U.S. government paid these ranchers off, essentially. They paid them a shit ton of money uh, for these sheep, and not much more was ever said of it, but the, the thought is they were doing airborne tests of certain things, and they think that... They basically, so VX nerve agent is not an airborne chemical weapon. VX nerve agent is liquid, uh, and you have to ingest it. And, uh, what they think happened is they were doing, like, they believe they were doing air test sprays, right? Mm. Like uh, air spray tests where they were basically, 
uh, flying over a field, spreading like VX nerve agent. Yeah, like crop dusting with VX nerve agent. And they just happened to hit where the <laughs> sheep were grazing, <laughs> at which point, you know, the sheep ingest the VX nerve agent and fucking die. That's, that's what most people think happened. Nothing official has ever been right. said. So they uh, do say, though, in Dugway's time, they estimate over 500,000 pounds of nerve agent have been dispersed in open-air testing. 500,000 pounds. I want to remind you, <laughs> they are 85 miles away from Salt Lake City. Uh, and wind typically blows, if you live in Utah, wind typically blows from Dugway towards Salt, Salt Lake. Lake. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. You know, occasionally the wind is kind of blowing to the uh, southeast. So, you know, instead of Salt Lake, it's Utah County. Might explain some... Utah County type stuff that we see. Just saying. There's been over 328 open air tests of biological weapons and 74 dirty bomb tests. Eight furnace heat heatings of nuclear material under open air conditions. What's that heat heating? Heat, heat. <laughs> Reheating is what yeah. he means. So, so eight furnaces heating nuclear material under open air conditions to simulate the dispersal of fallout has all happened to Dugway. Oh, you know, one other cool thing about Dugway, and we can talk about this later. Um, let's keep talking about their fucked up tests. So a lot of the information we know about Dugway at this point uh, actually comes from uh, recent changes. So if you guys remember, one of the things that happened in the Trump administration when Republicans controlled Congress, uh, and I can't remember what the hell it was in the wake of, um, but... Uh, they wanted to find out about UFOs was the the, the yeah. ultimate thing. And so I had a whole section on that. <laughs> they they created something called the Freedom of Information Act. And you might you might hear about it called FOIA now. I think that was when when was that during Trump's administration? No, that was two thousand seven. Okay. So that was um Obama. Uh yeah. Uh so anyway, FOIA was uh, was enacted by Congress. Um and there was a deadline I think the deadline when FOIA took place happened during the Trump administration. Maybe that's why. Yeah. Um, and so basically, um, uh, now the Freedom of Information Act was back in the 60s uh, originally, but there was some stuff that changed yeah, recently. 2007, though, was the big release. I think they, like, yeah, There's there's been timed releases of certain things, and maybe that's... I can't remember. Or something was added to it. or. But, but essentially in the last few years... Um, yeah. you can do FOIA requests about a whole bunch of shit that was previously classified that you can now get. So you can say, Dugway, I want X amount of information and about these things during these periods. So and the rabbit hole I went down today was the release from 1993 to 2007. So everything that, and and previous. Oh, so that was the Open Government Act that Bush signed in 07, which is the one that extended a lot of the stuff that journalists could get through FOIA. Right. So that was the big thing. And then um, in 2016, Obama signed the FOIA Improvement Act, which opened up more stuff. Uh, uh, and so those are the changes. Those are the big ones. Yeah. Um, so, so because of that... Uh, I'm not saying you can find everything, but there's a lot of stuff well, out there. Well, <laughs> so there, that FOIA request, I think, that you're talking about, um, basically, they asked for uh, technical reports from 1961 to 1965. They got 2,300-plus pages of listings of reports, and some of the, <laughs> the report names are great. Uh, study of incapacitating darts. 
<laughs> Protection of guinea pigs against GD by sodium pentobarbital and atropine sulfate. The uh, air crew collective protection. Uh, and there's some other stuff. The uh, consequences of ingestion by men of real and simulated fallout. <laughs> yeah. Like the, these are the, these are the titles of the studies that were released. Operation Night Train. Wet Eye Chemical Bomb. Birds to Tulamaria. Big Jack. Elk Hunt, Autumn Gold, Data Report for D-O-R-K, Dork. Yeah, Dork. And then my favorite is the Entomological Munitions, as in other words, mosquitoes. Insect munitions. Weaponized mosquitoes. Well, so there, the, there is one specific project that's gotten a lot of attention, which is called Project Bellwether. Which, if I'm not mistaken, is one of those reports that uh, probably that had a weird name. Is part of. Uh, I feel Project like I Bellwether. just read about a lender that named itself Bellwether. I wonder if it knows that. <laughs> so essentially, from what what they can gather so far from all these different reports and stuff, Project Bellwether was something that the U.S. military did, uh, where they were trying to test the capabilities of spreading. Biological weapons via mosquito. Yep. And so one of the things they did as part of Project Bellwether was they dumped millions of mosquitoes on small towns and cities inside of the U.S. to see the spread of those mosquitoes, how many people those mosquitoes would bite, and how far out they would go and how long they would last. Now, I'm not saying that those mosquitoes had chemical agents attached to them. According to this, it was all inert. It was, they were given an inert disease, inert bacteria, inert virus. Just so that they could test and be able to tell, like, when stuff, you know, people that got bit. Um, but that, how fucked is that? (laughs) Like, the government literally carried out experiments. And okay, let's just assume there's no, any kind of biological component to what they're doing with these mosquitoes. They still drop millions of mosquitoes on towns in the U.S. What is the most annoying fucking bug on the planet? So it's th- a mosquito. So think back as oh, a kid. Jesus Christ, you went deep. She went deep. Think back as a kid. Those years, the mosquitoes were really bad. Those could have been governmentally, yeah, government all If you were alive during the 60s. Mosquitoes. So. Yeah, we can't think back that far. We're young. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, if, but the thing is, this is... 20, what did I say? 2,300 pages of report listings. That's not the reports. That's just the listings of reports. The title of the report. In a four-year period from 1961 to 1965. Like, that's just four years of report names. You know, there's some think tank of dudes. <laughs> we want sharks with lasers on their head coming up with just stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah, and you can go get all this stuff. Like it's all publicly available now. Like they the the data dump for these things has happened. Uh it's it's out there. Um so I I'm guessing part of the reason is there is so much that they probably to a degree figured fine dump it all. Most people aren't even going to even know what they're looking at. Yeah, I mean it's and some of it's pretty straight. I mean, preliminary BW warhead study for the Pershing missile, technical study number twenty nine, um, non lethal BCCW. That's biological weapon, chemical weapon systems. By the way, uh, dispenser studies, 
long endurance multi-purpose airborne drone system. That's so cool. this is all the way back in 1961. Yeah, drones. Studies on in drones. 1961. <laughs> a continuous feed dry fill disseminator for laboratory use. Um, the development of mathematical prediction model and estimates of area coverage for aerial spray decim- dissemination of V agent part one. <laughs> so another thing that I came across was uh, somehow in my rabbit hole today, just page after page after page of uh, military personnel who were used in these experiments. Oh, yeah. So the name, the rank, all that kind of stuff, just page after page. And then after that, there was page after page after page of the little forms, and it was called something like injury or disease form. It's like so nonchalant, and I'm reading through one of them, and it just said so-and-so has developed a red rash on their arm, and then at the bottom of the page, it says deceased. Just it's just crazy the way. And people that, think that the military wasn't going to make them get COVID shots. And, what the hell? Uh, like this this study uh, in 1961, plant designed for large scale production of uh, pentevalent botulinum toxoid. So they're trying to design plants to produce botulinum, so that they can infiltrate it. Uh, who knows? Yeah, what like uh, like absolutely crazy shit. Like. Uh, Agent, uh, this one, non-lethal BC or BWCW study, agent catalog. <laughs> did you ever see, what, what's that, the, the men hysteric goats? Did you ever see that show, that movie? So it's based off of yeah. this kind of stuff, like for real back in this time when they thought that they would use like hypnosis and different stuff like that as, as a, a means of warfare. So like 60s, 50s, 60s, they're like doing anything. It's crazy. Yeah, the the stuff here, these titles are just absurd in some of these things. Um, a heavy current microtron, uh, aerial monitoring operations development, physical inventory. Oh, the physical inventory accounting problem <laughs> program is not that serious. <laughs> so let's we can well, let's touch on the UFO thing just slightly. I know UFOs aren't really our thing, but let's hit. No, on I, I I I so I I don't like. I don't, UFOs are a big deal. I don't know why you say UFOs aren't my thing. My thing is not dead people. Uh, like spirits coming so, back to haunt every fucking I thing. know that this isn't what we're talking about, but I have to make this observation. <laughs> there are no modern ghosts. All the ghosts have like long skirts and they're all from like the 1800s. <laughs> like if ghosts are real, there would be modern ghosts. But like you don't see some dude walking around dressed like you're dressed. When was the last time you, you heard about a ghost was walking around like a... It's Weird true. old hippie dude. People in the 1800s were just really pissed. Can't move on. It's true. So UFOs, however, the one thing that to say about UFOs is UFO does not necessarily mean little green men from Mars. UFOs, any unidentified, unidentified flying object. It just means it's not identified. So um, in the 90s, in the early 90s, UFOlo- UFOlogists. I can't believe they have an actual fucking thing. They, yeah, So so they are convinced that after all of the stuff at Area 51 went down, that everything from Area 51 was moved to Dugway, Dugway. and Dugway really is the new Area 51. So according to them, Area 51 has been cleaned out of all of the UFO stuff, and it's all It truly could be. I mean, Area 51's fucking huge, and it was used as a nuclear testing site, I think. But Dugway absolutely could house that stuff. Dugway's so much bigger than Area 51. Yeah, it's enormous. And I mean, if you think about it, like... 
I don't think it's unreasonable, right? I don't know oh, if yeah. the government secretly had fucking aliens. Great. Now you're going to have the stupid years. crazies come and storm Dugway. That's, that's fine. I don't care. Let them, let them fucking storm Dugway. Dugway's as, as armed, if not more armed than Area Let me tell you, if you storm Dugway, you're just as likely to get infected by some weird fucking thing on the ground out there as you are to get shot. So take your chances. You could live a long, painful life where you could get <laughs> fucking shot in the head by guards at Dugway. You, you take your chances. You just Talk about you there. guys going dark. I was just thinking I didn't want that many people coming to Utah. Oh, they're already here, babe. They're already here. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, uh, that, that, that could very definitely be. I, I would be interested to see if uh, anyone does like FOIA requests on that stuff because as, as Hopefully, you know, most of you have seen uh, there's been a lot of FOIA requests specifically regarding UFOs, and the military has been releasing a lot of shit uh, because I, I think the evidence because is just... most UFOs are them. Well, not, not really. And actually, what we're seeing is a lot of the stuff that they're releasing, they're releasing footage from aircraft... Like they all have their stupid little dash cams or whatever, mm-hmm. but like and and uh, data from you know radar and satellites that are showing objects doing things that we cannot explain. Right. So going from twenty thousand feet to sea level in seconds. We've always talked about the fact that we clearly cannot be the only beings in the universe. Well, or going Mach two, stopping turning on a dime and going the opposite direction. Yeah, like weird stuff like that that they just can't explain uh, by any uh, any means currently available. And so I would be interested to see yeah. what kinds of other stuff because this is just a, again, this was four years of stuff that has been 60s. requested. In the, in the early <laughs> 60s, like how much more, because that was 60 fucking years ago. I mean, it's been 60 years since that happened, and Dugway has had 60 years to create and test and do well, more shit. And like I said, Dugway has a huge underground facility. Yeah. That we, when you go out to Dugway, it seriously it looks like there is nothing That's there. just a small, you know, a couple few buildings. A base, huge. a bunch of like little bunker-looking buildings, some shipping crates. That's it from what you see. Yeah, but it's... There's so much underground. Well, and it's so vast that the the road you drive by, you're only driving by a pinpoint of. Where yeah, and you don't. Re- you can't really see all of it. Like, there's no way. It's yeah, the size of Rhode Island, and it's not like you can just fucking drive out into that part of the desert. No, Mm-mm. no, you, you can't. You just simply can't. And nor should you, because part of that area is a fucking active right. firing range for, for aircraft. Air Force. Yeah. So there's un They drop bombs, there's unexploded ordnance, there's there's fucking probably mines out there, I would assume. Uh yeah, you don't want to be walking around out there for sure. Well so if you if you recall probably about three years ago there was that big meteorite that crashed out there. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody going to get that. No. Because it's like right in the middle of the It's right in the middle of the testing ground, like the the, the aircraft training ground. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, man, it's really interesting. It's, it's crazy to have something like that so close. And, and it's really hard to express how fucking concerning it is that they're 80 that miles close. away. <laughs> like, they're not far away. The only saving grace, I guess, is they are on the other side of the mountain range. Yeah, the ochre, from the, us. the ochres really block them. Um, we just have to worry about people who live in Thule. Thule in Utah County, because there's a nice little, like Eagle Mountain, Saratoga yep. Springs, you're perfectly downwind. Because that's way. how I go, because there's that little community out there that I've done stuff in. But that's how I go to get there, is you go 
past Saratoga Springs, Eagle Mountain, and then out that back way to Dugway because there's really nothing out there. There's a couple small little towns. Mm -hmm. And then you drive past the front entrance gate where they've got the main building and stuff. But it's- well, and, and there is a town there, but I think Dugway, Utah is really, really tiny, right? Um, I want to say it's like less than a thousand people. Why the hell would you want to live there? Uh, well, you probably built, work at the base. <laughs> yeah, they built the town for the families uh, that. Would you want your family to live there? I uh, know. Well, so the trick is there's, oh, this is down to 576 now. Um, it was like a thousand in 2010. Um, <laughs> but basically it's closer to the base. Um, but I think most people that end up working out at Dugway end up either living in like Saratoga Springs area or, um, Tooele. Tooele, Grantsville, that area, because that's the easiest way to get there. So, and it's actually two mountain ranges. I forgot that's about true. that. Because there's, because there's, uh, you know, Flat Top Mountain, uh, and the, the Oakers, which is what separates Tooele from Salt Lake and where Kennecott is on top of Flat Top Mountain, I think. Uh, it might be Farnsworth. I don't know. Uh, but then there's another mountain range on the other side of Tooele that's, Separates Dugway from Tooele well, and I, Grantsville. And I guess now that I'm thinking of it, the the other air base is right out there too. The uh, what is it? The on the border of Nevada. The why am I blanking? Ellis? No, no, no Ellis. Ellis is by Vegas. Yeah. Then there's um, Hill. Oh, West Wendover. And then there's one. Yeah, the and Wendover. Actually, airfield. West Wendover Airfield, West Wendover Air Base is part of Dugway, and that's. Where the Enola Gay actually, yeah, that's they loaded bombs from Dugway on the Enola Gay to head out. Yeah, I mean, realistically, like the Dugway proving grounds are basically an area between Salt Lake and Wendover. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just that big. It's absolutely so. Wild. There's three air bases that that use it for whatever they use it for. Yeah, that's wild. And it's, yeah, and it's crazy how big it is. And if you go on Google Earth and look at it. It's, I mean, there, you can kind of see, but it's similar to Area 51 or any other space. It's fuzzed out. Like, you can't see all the details. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, there's not much to see there. So that's, that's the case with all the Air Force bases, though, too. So I think that's going to do it. Yeah. So super interesting. And there is way more that you can look up about this than you have time especially, for. Especially with the FOIA stuff, you can go really deep. Uh, and go find yourself. Don't just stop at like Wikipedia. Um, cause you'll get the, a lot of the same crap that we said, yeah, like just the, the, the top level facts you'll get there, but you're not going to get the really fun stuff out of Wikipedia. You, you need to go. I don't like saying this, but you need to go to some of like the conspiracy sites like Muckraker and stuff, uh, because they're the ones doing the FOIA requests and they're right. They're publishing their own shit, but they're also throwing those FOIA documents, right. the, the Freedom of Information documents, up in a publicly visible format. You can just go look at what was released. Yeah. It, and that's what I got sucked into today, even though I had more work to do. Those well, titles I, are so fucking I really crazy. shouldn't have. But, well, that's what was catching my attention. So I'd see one of those, and I'd kind of pull it open, and I'd look at it a little bit, and then it would list the, the 37... You know, corpsmen that were that volunteered for this, and this is what happened, and this person's leg fell off. I just like it was just so fascinating, and like I say, so like cut and dry the way it's listed. And I, I, <laughs> I was I was reading something somewhere uh, about Dugway in in my research, and they said the thing about Dugway is it's really easy to forget because it's in the middle of nowhere, it's close to a city, but it's not that close, and so. 
you like, and honestly, like people just forget that it exists until there's some sort of weird incident. Like no one, cause I remember back in like 2011, 2015 when they had, it was big new stuff and the people, were like, thing. people were like, why is it here? Can we get rid of it? It's not that big of an employer. And then all that stuff goes away and people forget it exists again. It's and, the men in black that is zapping us. Yeah, very, very well might be over there in Dunway. <laughs> like that's a real, well, I know they had the big incinerator issue when the incinerator first came online and I don't, remember exactly what it was, but I remember there was a lot of news about it. But same thing, that away went, went away pretty quick, and obviously I can't even remember all of it. But So anytime it comes up in the news, it's really big news. And all you need to think about is how many chemical and biological weapons make their way through this, this state in Salt Lake Valley and Salt Lake City to get over to Dugway because there's a lot coming from all well, over the country. Sent, most of them are sent by train. Yep. Because the train, there's a train uh, track, train train set that runs right through the center of it, and often nondescript because they don't want people to know what the fuck's in there. Yep. <laughs> so just just kind of remember that that stuff's going on real close to home, about eighty miles away. It's crazy, but like you say, you 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 don't even think about it. You don't even. I mean, I they they they, they don't talk about it. They don't publicize it. You don't hear anything about it. But that's the way it's supposed to be. Yep. It's the uh, best kept non secret. Exactly. <laughs> uh, hopefully you liked what you heard. Uh, please follow us on uh, all the social medias at TNU Podcast. You can also visit our website, thenewutah.com. It's I have, updated as of right now. I have all the blogs updated. Uh, this one. You know what? No, because you're talking right now and whoever listens to us in the morning won't have Jeremy's blog. Yeah, but all the blogs are up updated. to this point. Yeah, this one doesn't count yet. And, and whenever I get it from Jeremy... I'll probably take two weeks to post it because I'm lazy. <laughs> you can't because there's only four episodes left of this year and we need to be caught up. Part of the problem was yours was held hostage on your dead laptop. So he had to get that. That was part of it. I would like to say that was a big part of it. <laughs> but, but not really. <laughs> basically, the forcing factor was I needed to write mine and I was like, oh, I guess I got to. His was before up. mine. So he no, couldn't post mine. Mine was last week's. Was it? Yeah. I thought yours was before mine. There was one before yours, but I already posted that ah. one. So. It was mine. The blogs are all caught anyway, up. That's all that matters. Matter. So you can go read them. Um, <laughs> some of them are good. Some, some of, of them, them are, are not. mine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks again to Folk Hogan. Um, they do our intro and outro music. Please, please, please go shop local this weekend. Um, go shop to local all the time, yeah. really. Like, like spend... Spend your money locally. It helps the local economy more. Um, if you just buy a bunch of shit off of Amazon, we don't see any of that money here. Um, it doesn't help the state. Just uh, sends Bezos into space again. Yep. 